Hey guys, Remy and I have a brand new episode for you today where he is going to take us inside the most dangerous worldwide black markets that he's encountered in his work since retiring from the Navy SEALs. So thank you for giving this episode a click. And if you haven't already, please follow the show so that you don't miss any future episodes and leave a five-star review. Thank you. She goes down to DR, gets the procedure done, wakes up, she's fine, flies back to the States. She's not feeling right. Just like, man, why am I not, why am I feeling fatigued? I'm feeling lightheaded. Why am I not feeling right? She goes to the doctor. Doctor runs all of these tests on her and he's like, yeah, something going on. I can't pinpoint it. Takes an MRI, comes back. He's like, you know you only have one kidney. And then the light went off, off in her head. He took oh. my kidney. Who was it that took her kidney? It was a doctor. Remy Adeleke, Yo, welcome up? to the studio, brother. Thank you for coming in here so short notice. Oh, good. Thank you for having me, my brother. Looking so, forward to it. Dude, you got a little book tour going on here? Something is that, like is that. that what's happening? A <laughs> little bit of everything. I'm always torn with a bunch of bags and things in my bag. What's this about? Uh, it's I, I say it's a fictional extension of my memoir, Transformed. Um, you know, I have my background, I'm sure we'll get into it, but my background is in human intelligence, but then I also have a background in Nigeria. I was born in Nigeria. Had a had a tough uh, tough upbringing after I left Nigeria. After my dad died, came to the states. So it's very loosely based off of uh, my life. It's all of the stuff that uh, that I wish I could have done mm. <laughs> at the highest levels in the, in, in the agency. Um, but you know, still based off some of the human stuff that I was able to do. Did you have to get the stuff you wrote in this one in this fictional one cleared yeah. through DOD? Yeah, yeah. You can send, yeah. You send every book, man. Yeah. Said every book, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't fuck around with yeah, that shit. Yeah, man, right? they trying to get caught up. <laughs> but they might have been reading in, they're like, oh, wait, so the main character is a Nigerian guy, yeah. came to America. Wait a minute, yeah. so this looks a little familiar right yeah. here. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, very similar. All right, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into it, but yeah. I want to talk about you today yep. and, and your life and, and what you did and, yeah. and what you've been doing since the Navy SEALs as well. I know you've done a ton of work with human trafficking. Yeah. You made an amazing short film it was like a 35 minute film yeah. called the unexpected yeah, yeah. which is how i found you because yeah, i watched yeah. that back in i think january it was okay and that what i love how you did it but taking yeah. it backwards of like the whole quote-unquote supply chain of yeah. how you know someone buys an illegal organ for yeah. a transplant it was it was sickening to watch but yeah. you were telling me just now off cam you have that being picked up to do a full movie on yep. it too yep it's already been picked up by uh, g base which is gerard butler's production company oh wow uh, and uh, alan siegel um and we already got financing from a uh, from a um a mike Rabawi and his his financing team and we already started casting so it's going to be a, it's going to be a big movie man and wow. we're, we're, we're going to really be able to it's going to be an action thriller because you know you got to put the pill in the cake right you know you got to put the pill in the put cake the pill in the cake you know kids don't like medication they don't like medicine so how do you get them to take ah. medicine sometimes you put the pill in it and, it and it is a tough topic um but it's a very educational topic and so you know i'm, I'm dressing it it's an action thriller but at the same time we are going to be you know 
educating on the realities of organ harvesting, the statistics, how it happens, and so on and so forth. So people don't just get entertained, but they get something out of the film. They walk away having learned something about organ harvesting because there's not a lot of uh, entities or organizations that focus on organ harvesting. Um, a lot of people focus on sex trafficking, but yeah. not on the organ harvesting side of things. So the film will help with that. Yeah, it's not something... Like you hear all about human trafficking, that's people are talking about that on social media all yeah. the time, but you don't really hear about like organ harvesting, which is yeah. it's another form of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just a part of it. Yeah. But how did you get like, did you is this something you were exposed to during your career as a Navy SEAL, or is this more it came up because obviously you're a Navy SEAL, highly yeah. trained to be able to learn about things, and you were asked to come in and help with this stuff? Well, I'll say when I got out of the military, I didn't even know what the word human trafficking meant, which is interesting. But when I was in, I want to say that I was exposed to different a different form of it. You know, I remember um, gathering intelligence on a guy that we were going after, and my source informed me that he has like three or four wives, and his oldest wife was like 17. His, he had just taken on a new wife. His new wife was 12. Oh and, my so, God. And, and, and so, you know, to me, that's, tra I mean, the, the, his, of course. I, I don't know if he took the girls as his, as his, as his wives or if the parents sold these young girls to him. Um, he had like a 13 or 14 year old wife that was pregnant. And this guy's like in his mid, 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 mid thirties. Right. So, um, I, again, at the time, it was just like, hey, this is somewhat part of the culture or what, you know, this specific, these specific bad guys or group does. So, like, but I didn't add the tag human trafficking because I didn't know what human trafficking was. Yeah. It wasn't until I got out and then I got contacted by a few different human trafficking nonprofits to come help and volunteer in different ways. Then I, then I learned, I mean, the first trip I went on, went on was up to Sacramento and I uh, was helping out with a human trafficking nonprofit up there. This lady reached out to me. She was like, I heard your story. And... I run this human trafficking nonprofit in Sacramento. We have a huge issue, a lot of these, with a lot of kids and, and, and women and, and people coming from Mexico and, and making their way, getting up, getting up here and being promised. What was it specifically though? Like sex like trafficking. All so, sex trafficking. Yeah, it was specifically, specifically sex trafficking. And that's when I learned, I was like, well, what is human trafficking? And she explained it to me. And then I was like, yo, sign me up. So I went up there and yeah, man, that was my first exposure to it. And that's when she really began to show me more about it. And then interestingly, then I began to have other nonprofits not connected to her at all, like reach out to me, you know, say, Hey, can you, even if it's something as little as a fundraiser, can you just come here and come and speak sure. at this fundraiser to help, you know, raise some money, you know, another nonprofit, Hey, would you mind going overseas or Hey, would you mind doing X, Y, and Z and donating some time, you know, to, to, uh, uh, to, you know, speaking to, to victims of, um, who were, uh, who were trafficked. And so it was like a, it was like a plethora of different things. And, and that's kind of how I learned all about it. Are you allowed to talk about like somewhat specifically what you did on that first one, say in Sacramento yeah, when so, you went up there? Yeah, so part of it was uh, going up, and and one part of it was raising money. So I, I spoke in front of a group that okay. was going to uh, you know donate some money to this specific human trafficking nonprofit, and two, she took me around the city um, to some aftercare um, clinics. They call it I'm only going to call it aftercare clinic, but aftercare sanctuaries where I got to kind of sit with traffic victims and hear their stories and try to bring some form of comfort to them and, and so on and so forth. It didn't involve me going after anybody or, or anything God. like that or, or going, but, but, it, and it also we partnered with the police as well. So the police were part of it. So she was, she's really educated on the human trafficking piece. So, um, she was, I went with her to like, you know, 
uh, police station or whatever the case may be so that she can give a class and, and talk about it. And, and then so and then also she was able to share statistics with me. Mm. Well, she was sharing it with the police, but I was there and directly shared with me, like, here's what's going on in Sacramento. Here's how many kids are being trafficked. Here's how much money some of these guys are bringing in. Here's the areas in Sacramento that you guys need to be more aware of. So it, it was really all of that. So it wasn't the actual me going and kicking down the door or anything, doing anything like that. Was there, across like the different victims you spoke with, mm. was there a common story? I mean, you said they were all sex trafficking victims, yeah. but was yeah. there some sort of like common thread that tied them all together? Poverty. Mm. Poverty. Um, you know, a lot of them came from a, uh, a poor background, whether it was uh, victims who came from Mexico and somehow was promised some type of sanctuary in Sacramento and then they got to Sacramento and was trafficked or whether it was, you know, victims who were born and raised in Sacramento and maybe a family member, you know, pimped them out or did oh, did whatever they did. Member. And yeah. And so um, the common thread was these were all people who came from a very very poor background and so they were easily manipulated these were people that were essentially they were targets and that's what across the board when you look at when you look at different forms of human trafficking the traffickers are always looking for the most vulnerable people and one of the key ways in my opinion one of the ways to get rid of which we'll never get rid of as long as there's human beings we're never going to get rid of human trafficking but the one of the ways to combat it is the first combat poverty as much as we can you yes. know what i mean because that's where it's, i mean case in point um vice did a whole story on this down in uh mexico and they were following an actual organ har- uh, organ harvesting trafficker they were following this guy he had a mask on goggles and all these you know to hide his disguise and he was going up to people on the street like poor people like people hanging on say hey are you in good health it's, it's a, yeah i'm in good health uh how you looking on money uh you know i'm not in a good good way when it comes to money. Um, you want to make some money? Yeah, I'd like to make some money. Um, what is it going to require? How's your kidney? Oh. You can get X. You can get X amount of dollars for a kidney. Really? It's all. It's all on. It's all on YouTube. People could kind of Google. Just Google vice and organ harvesting, and the, and the film will pop up. Now that example you give right there yeah. though is a kidney, right? So yeah. hypothetically. That guy can, can go survive. in, yep. he'll survive, yep. he'll give a kidney. That's crazy, shouldn't yep. happen. But to be clear, like, that's not what your film yeah, was yeah, showing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can, you, can we talk about yeah, that? Can 100%. you just go through the premise there yeah. and, and what you showed? Because I'd love yeah. to dig into how prevalent this is, yeah. stats you know. So let, yeah. let's just start there. Yeah, so let, let me just talk about the different forms of organ harvesting uh, as it relates to how victims are got. You have the example that I just shared where you have the winning participant, somewhat of the winning participant, the person who's poor, down and out. This is this is uh, well-known in Cairo, Egypt. is considered to be the organ harvesting capital of the world because you have a lot of migrants from different parts of Africa that are trying to cross the Mediterranean and get into Europe or even get into Jordan and get into other parts so that they can have a better life. And so they end up getting stuck in Egypt. And then they get approached by traffickers who are like, hey, uh, I know you're poor. I know you're trying to get out of this particular situation. I can give you $1,000 or I can give you – I'm just throwing out a random number. I'm saying that's not the exact number. Or I can give you $800 if you sell us a kidney. Some of this is done via social media. Some of this is done on websites. But that's essentially – that's like more so the winning participant. Um, another example of that is uh, a story that just came out two months ago 
uh, uh, three months ago, this Nigerian guy was uh, approached by a senator, a Nigerian senator, and, and his wife, um, who has a, who had and still has a sick daughter who needs a new kidney. They have a prop. They live in London, so they, I believe they had dual citizenship. They have citizenship in London. They also had citizenship in Nigeria. They essentially told this guy, "Hey, we'll give you seven thousand dollars if you come up here to uh, uh, to um, to the UK." He gets up to the UK. They say, hey, you need to go get a go to this hospital and get this checkup and tell him that you're going to be giving a kidney. Right. And so he goes there and he starts the process. And what the uh, person that was interviewing this this guy noticed that there was something particularly off. And he was because he was he they once he got there, that's when they told him what was going to happen. So that's when it began to shift from winning. I already gave those winning examples to like sort of duping right yeah tricking of course so to speak right and so he uh he gets there and he essentially confesses that this these two nigerians got me up here and and the case they just got prosecuted like two months ago this was uh, in the uk this was said? in the uk nigerian senator and his wife um organ harvesting if you just google that that'll pop up um um nigerian senator wife jailed in uk for yeah, organ harvest plot two there ago. it is yeah and so, wow. yeah. <laughs> and so that's the dupe. Now, um, I'll give another example of the dupe before I get to the forced, because I want I want people to yeah. understand that there's different levels to it to this. Actually, let me give one more, because uh, this is something you could also look up on open source. Before I get to get give another example of the dupe, the winning. There was a story out of Costa Rica in 2000, and I want to say 2016, 2017, as an Israeli doctor moved from Israel to uh, Costa Rica and he was brokering kidney deals down in Costa Rica. Uh, So if an Israeli or even somebody from a different, you know, part of the West needed a kidney, they would reach out to him. He would go up to a poor person, offer them some money and they would willingly give it up. So you got the winning, you got the dupe. Uh, uh, Another example of the dupe is there was in 2018, there was a woman in New Delhi, again, another big story. This was international news. Um, She was in, she was, she was in India. She received a message from somebody in New Delhi saying, hey, I got a new I got a job for you. Um, Obviously, we know the caste system is something that's very, very prevalent in in India. And so this for people that don't know, can you just give that? So the caste system is essentially it's it's these different tiers of uh, class class. Essentially, it's you, you have like very, very poor bottom of the bottom poor. Right. Then you have poor. Then you have yeah poor, poor. Then you have poor. Then you have, you know, uh, you know, middle class, but every middle class and you have rich for the yeah. most part. Right. And they literally yeah. like don't associate with each with other lower. Yep. Like there's yep. like laws. Yep. You can't marry it. into right? uh, somebody from a different caste. Well, yeah. I don't know if it, I, I can't remember if it's laws. I just know that it's more so forbidden. Like your family will disown you if somebody from, right. a, yes. from a rich class, you know, goes down, tear down into him, tries to marry somebody in a poor or a lower caste. Right. And so she was in a very low caste. And, uh, and so she got this email. Hey, um, there's a job opportunity for you in New Delhi. All you got to do is just come up here. We'll pay for your travel. Just get up here. They paid for a travel, got her there. Uh, the, uh, the the employee, employer, excuse me, I say that in air quotes, says to her, um, all right, you just need to go get a medical exam tomorrow. Uh, once you get this medical exam, that'll clear you and you can start your work. She goes to the clinic, starts her medical procedure, medical exam, excuse me, and she, well, she gets undressed uh, before she starts the exam. And the nurse leaves the room so that she can get undressed. She overheard the nurse in the other room say to the doctor, this woman is giving these organs. 
And that's what saved her life. Essentially, she got up, got dressed, ran out of the clinic because it's known. Look, I mean, organ harvesting is a big thing in India as well. And so it's something that's known. It's something that's like they they know what's going on. So so she uh, ran to the authorities, uh, alerted them, and the they authority- said organs. Organ, yeah. So she was going to die. Yeah, she was going well. I can't recall the story. I know for a fact that they were taking at least one organ. That's what I know. That's what I know for a fact. I, I can't remember if it was a kidney or what, but I know that they were taking an organ. I don't want to say organs and then, you know, but it, it, again, this story is not fresh in my mind. It could have been multiple organs, but I know sure. for, at a minimum it was an organ. Uh, again, this is something you could pull up on Google because it was an international story. Just Google New Delhi um, um, organ harvesting um ring busted or something like that because i think that she played a role in that organ harvesting ring getting uh i think that might be it it was a multi yeah i think yeah it might be because it was 2016 they uncovered a multi million dollar organ harvesting ring yeah police in new delhi have made a number of arrests in connection with a suspected organ harvesting scheme operating out of one of the city's most prestigious private hospitals yeah. five people remain in custody after being arrested for illegally trading human kidneys yeah this is from cnn back in 2016 i guess that might have been it um there's a bunch Either of way, there's a bunch of other the stories out there yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so that's the person that was duped that's the person that was told hey come here and I'll gi- I'll give you this, you know what I mean. And then it's a bait and switch. It's yeah. not I'm coming to this place and getting a job. It's like I'm coming to this place and I'm losing an organ or I'm losing organs. Another example of the dupe, which now I'm going to transition from a dupe to the forced, because this is a dupe then a force. Um, there was a story that came out last year, October of 2022. A woman in Mexico, um, she's searching for love finds love on the internet on some dating app the guy she finds is in peru he's a med school student she travels out there um um long story short her body parts washed up on the beach um faceless uh faceless head uh, part of her torso. When they found her torso, all her organs this have been taken out. This is the one you were telling me in the car. Yeah, or, uh. all her organs have been taken out. This was a nas- This was an international news story, and the guy got caught. Catch this because he was selling her organs. I can't believe if it was on. I can't remember if it was on social media or some some app or the black. He was he was selling her organs on uh, on the black market, and that's how he got caught. And uh, uh, and this was in Peru, and she lost her life because again she was duped in a way, but then. He got her, and he forced her organs out. What does the black market for organs look like? Well, like where's that done? How's it done? Is any of it dark web based lot, now at this point? I would it, assume a lot of it is social media, literally so through the social. A lot, a lot of it is through social. Well, a lot of it is through social media and websites. I'll get to the social media piece. Okay. Um, during the dur- during COVID, we know that statistics found that. Um, uh, there was a, a 22% increase, I want to say, on Facebook um, of uh, human trafficking or recruitment via social, via Instagram or, or Facebook. I can't remember. Maybe it was both. And then it was like a 30% on – no, it was a 22% on Facebook, like a 30% increase on Instagram. Now, how do they define – I mean, it's all bad. Yeah, but yeah. when they're saying human trafficking – They're not – they're not divvying it up. They're just saying human trafficking. They're not saying it's organ harvesting. They just, it was just okay. human trafficking during COVID. I can't believe like any of, of the most serious end of that, though, yeah. like organ harvesting could ever even occur without a system flagging it right away. Well, no, because people use – I mean, what, you could create fake accounts, yeah. hashtags – 
you know, different ways to, to different ways to message message people. For example, you know, we I think the 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 person a person who uses social media often takes for granted hashtags, right? Yeah. And the sense that oh, I'm gonna put a hashtag because I want more people to see my posts. But you, but who are those people that are seeing your posts? So a good example is like somebody who, if maybe a, a parent has a child that's on dialysis, and you know they need a new kidney to survive, and they go to their doctor's appointment and they take a picture of their kid or they take a picture of themselves and they and it's hashtag dialysis hashtag bad appointment or good appointment today hashtag hoping for a miracle hashtag praying for a miracle whatever all you, these traffickers search these hashtags. Oh my god! Right. Is it matter of fact again i know i'm jumping around but there was no a, this is great there Keep was a story there was a story that came out two or three two years ago actually i think it, it was either the last dallas mavericks playoff game or the mavericks playoff no it was it was like it wasn't this past playoff season it was the season before that um this girl she goes to a basketball game mavericks playoff basketball game with her dad gets up to go use the bathroom doesn't come back right um um he goes up tries to find her she's not there game ends can't find her no one can find a long story short. Um, he, he told the cops, Hey, listen, I think my daughter's been abducted. This is not like her to run away. Cops said, Hey, she's, she's just a runaway. They wrote it off as a runaway. He found a human trafficking nonprofit. I think this was in Texas and that nonprofit searched the dark web, found her on the dark web. Oh she was being God. sold for sex. Uh, and, and, um, they carried they partnered with the local police, carried out a sting on this house and found her. And and I think it was like two or three of the people that were at the house were at the game. How did they find her? Social media. From like a hashtag. They built a, they built a relationship with her through social media. When she went to the bathroom, she willingly, from what I remember, just Google, like, look that oh, up. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. But it was, again, it was a dupe. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going with you so you can sell me for sex. Um, Dallas Mavericks, human trafficking victim, something like that. Fifteen-year-old girl. Okay, let's click this article. This is from a local news station out there. Police have arrested the man accused of luring a fifteen-year-old girl away from a Dallas Mavericks game in April. The team was ultimately trafficked to Oklahoma City and was forced into prostitution, according to her family's attorney. Dallas police said officers with the U.S. Marshals Task Force arrested thirty-three-year-old Emmanuel Cartagena this past Thursday on an outstanding warrant for the sexual assault of a child. Cartagena allegedly met the 15-year-old victim outside the American Airlines Center during a Mavs game on April 8th. Her family said she went to the restroom and did not return to her seat. Surveillance video showed her leaving the arena with the suspect. Police say Cartagena took the victim to the house in Dallas and sexually assaulted her. She was located in Oklahoma City about 10 days later. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's more articles on it, but there's an article where they found her via social media. I think they came to the game. It was... You know, and there's these ploys now where they're using kind of like the catfishing, where they're using other teenagers as boys and saying, hey, yeah. like pictures, other pictures of other teenagers saying, hey, I like you, but let's get, I'm going to be at the game when you're going to be at the game. Some let's of go, them got to be, yeah, some of them got to be convincing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure you see it all the time. Yeah. Anytime you follow any kind of account, usually I notice of like a celebrity, in this mm-hmm. case, like a female celebrity. Mm-hmm. You will instantly have, I don't know if you've seen this as well, Brad, but you, you'll instantly have these accounts that are usually tagged new, so you yeah. can tell right away, yep. with some slamming hot chick yep. follow you. Yep. Yep. She's got a bunch of fake pictures, yep. no likes, you know, yep. three following yep. on it. And I'm like, all right, they're really, they're losing ground over here. But yeah. 
that's just got to be the worst example of like no effort. There's yeah. got to be some like you're saying where it's like, oh, you know, they have 600 followers or something, yeah. a long history on there, yeah. and they make people believe. Yeah, they create these accounts. As a matter of fact, I know I'm jumping around. I'm super sorry. There was a story that came out. Uh, uh, again, I, I keep saying it because I've researched this. I study all this the organ harvesting stuff to nausea. But there's a story that came out like two months ago. This kid committed suicide. Uh, he, he was on a baseball team somewhere in Midwest, somewhere in the Midwest. Good kid, straight A student. Because uh, there was an account that followed him on Instagram. And uh, they uh, it was looked like a girl, a beautiful white girl, teenager, yep. his age. And it was two Nigerians in Nigeria. Oh. And they were sending him messages like, I want to get, I can't wait to see you. And then the Nigerians like eventually, hey, send me pictures of you naked. Send me pictures of you like, I, I can't, I want to see what you look like. So when we have sex, X, Y, and Z, again, I'm paraphrasing the story for the sake of time. He does this. Then they say, all right, you need to give me, give us $40,000 or $50,000. Can't remember the exact number. And he's like, I don't have that kind of money. All the messages are, I think, were on the story. And uh, he didn't have the money. And then I think he sent them like $5,000. And they're like, we want more. We want the 50000 And they kept on tormenting him, saying, we're going to expose you to everybody. And it was a girl, like, saying she was oh. going to expose him. And But it was actually these two Nigerians. He ended up committing suicide. And so social media is a driver for this. It's so easy to create accounts. It's so easy to delete accounts. It's so easy to search on hashtags. I mean, now, you know, I tell people all the time, we have to think of social media as, like, being out walking down the street. Yes. You know, like, like and, 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 you know, you can't treat it like you're in this private space because in reality you're not. You know, the, the Internet, social media has become the world to a lot of people. You could reach people from around the world, just like, you know, the organ harvesting film. I have people from around the world that watch that film that wouldn't have watched a film without YouTube being a social media platform, right? And so uh, we, it, we have to learn to put those same barriers and, and those same checks and balances in place around social media accounts and people who follow us and people who message us as we would if somebody was to come up to us on the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a digital world. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like when, obviously, the whole... With crypto and everything tanking, people have been talking about the metaverse and stuff yeah, left yeah, and yeah. less. But, you know, that concept is still very much in the works yeah, and yeah. you see what they're trying to do. And the the thing I could never wrap my head around is how people didn't see how we already had the bootloader. To yeah, that. yeah. Like not even a bootloader, like a form of it because yeah. people are different people on there. Yeah. 100%. But they're also incredibly revealing, unknowing yes. Yes. of who they are. And what yeah. you're talking about is revealing in the most innocuous of ways, yes. you know, using hashtags or like yep. answering a DM with yep. somebody. Yeah. But you see it at the layer of something like that story of the kid which is horrible committing yeah. suicide from something like that but then it also goes to you get a girl to to leave a stadium with you yeah you know yeah. and and this is how like you know we've all we've all heard these stories we i'm, I'm guilty of it too like we throw around these terms yeah. human trafficking and stuff yeah. but this this is this is i guess like the the main boiling point of of how it goes down yeah. and then around the world I would imagine, as you've seen being a Navy SEAL, and we're, we're going to get to your whole background yeah. and everything for people listening right now who aren't familiar. But, you know, I would imagine it's even a lot easier than that in places that are severely poverty stricken, yes. third world countries. Yeah. They walk up and you were telling me in the car, you, you did one. I don't know where this was. Yeah, it was DR, Dominican Republic. You want to tell people about that? Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. That just that makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah, no. So I uh, was uh, with a human trafficking nonprofit and uh, we went down to DR. Part of what we were supposed to be doing was educating the parents on not selling their daughters to traffickers. Because, educating the parents on yep. 
not selling, selling your their daughters. daughters to traffickers. Yeah, because in this particular slum that we were in, the parents would sell their daughters to traffickers. Traffickers would take their daughters to the northern part of DR, and Americans and other Westerners would come have sex with these Hold girls. Hold on a minute. So you had to educate the parents not to do that. Yeah, and I want to instead of calling the cops. Yeah, because not like that exists. But I'm saying the cops do exist. But at the end of the day, it's like holy shit. You know, it's we we don't have the same. A lot of people think that the same systems that are in place here in America are the same systems in place in other parts of the world. No, I'm not saying you do. And and, and so it's like you know, it's 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 a different world, and especially as you get further and further away. That's why you get a lot of these people who go to other countries and they they act as though they have the same rights as they have in America, and then they quickly (laughs) find out they don't. I mean, and so, uh, so yeah, we were down there, and I just remember being so perturbed, you know, as a father of two boys. Uh, it was just hard for me, and I've always been good at keeping my composure. Um, and our guide recognized that I was like, I was kind of out of it, I wasn't able to really effectively do my job because I was like in somewhat of a daze. And uh, he pulled me aside and pulled me into this chapel that was no bigger than the size of two toilet stalls. And at the end of the chapel was a six-month-old uh, uh, old baby that was dead in a casket. It was a funeral service, uh, and, and what two toilet? I mean, two handicapped toilet stalls. So it wasn't two uh, toilets. Two of them, so way, bigger. Small. And uh, um, um, he used that as a teaching moment for me. And essentially, what he was saying was that this is why their parents are doing what they're doing. Like it all goes back to what we were saying earlier: poverty, desperation. Why was the baby dead? So the baby died because the mother had uh, uh, she her sustenance ran out, her breast milk ran out. So she was she had mixed the local water, the slum water, with formula, Ugh. and the form, and that's what ultimately killed the baby. So essentially, what he was trying to show me was this is their plight: either they sell their daughter, and they get food and water and other stuff for their other kids, right, or they don't, and all their kids die, and it doesn't justify it. It doesn't make it understandable, but it gives you the tools that you need to be able to better communicate to the parents, right? And communicate to the people in this particular slum. And so um, that, and again, that falls under the wedding side of it, right? Um, so uh, back to the social media piece, because I had this thought right before we jumped to that topic, to that story. Well, well I'll back up. That was the inspiration. That began the, the, that was the start of me essentially saying I need to make a film. Because when I got back from that trip, I had a few voicemails from Mike Case and text messages. Mike Case is Michael Bay's producing partner. Mm. And he was like, hey, Bay, we've been trying to get in contact with you because Bay's starting his new film, Six Underground, and he'd like for you to be the consultant on it. And and he was like, where are you? And I was like, dude, I've been, I was out of it. I was like, man, I've been down in DR. And he was yeah. like, all right. And he's like, can you, can you start today? I was like, I can't start today, but I can start like next week or something like that. And um, after I got off the phone, that's when these two worlds collided. The human trafficking piece that I was just exposed to, tangible saw, and then the film and TV piece. And in my mind, I was just like, I could go down to South America, DR, Haiti a hundred times and try to educate parents or pull kids out of these, these sex trafficking rings and rescue them and do all that all day long. Or I could have a bigger impact mm. via film and TV. Right, I can reach more people. Right, I, I I don't know what the view count is on that on my on the on the film. I think it's like somewhere around forty five thousand uh, forty five thousand views. But at this point, you know, forty five thousand people have potentially seen the film. Yeah, and let's hope I've, we get a few more in there. Link yeah. down in the description. Yeah, and I've had so many people say to me, "Hey, thank you for making this film because I didn't know that this happens. I didn't know that it was real. I thought it was a conspiracy. I didn't know that things happen like this. Our world is evil, and I want to do something. Whether that's 
donate to a human trafficking nonprofit, whether that's volunteer their time with a human trafficking nonprofit, whether it's as simple as I've had people say, dude, I went on a website on a human trafficking website and I just took a class on how to recognize the signs and symptoms of a human yeah. trafficking victim. And, and, and that was what I wanted. And, and that all came from coming back from that trip, having that voicemail and those two worlds colliding and saying, I, can, I, I need to have a bigger impact. And the best way I can have a bigger impact is through film and TV because people won't read books on this. People, most people won't go down to other places and, or even go in their own communities like Sacramento and, 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 and engage in the fighting human trafficking, even if it's as simple as volunteering in the aftercare clinic. People won't read you know, books and articles, but they will watch a movie. They will do that. And if I, if I can get them to watch a movie, then I can engage more people in, into this fight. Because you're telling – I mean it comes back to the most core thing in human history, throughout yeah. history. You're telling story. a story. Story. People, yeah. are, people are affected by things that even if it's – they can't relate to it, mm-hmm. they could find a way to put themselves themselves somewhat in that situation. You did that very effectively. Thank you. With, with that film. And, yeah. and what it – you know, for, for the people out there who haven't seen it, again, the link is in the description. I would highly recommend you go watch it. But yeah. – and I'm looking forward to the full feature yeah, yeah. You, you get to do with it yeah. now. That's awesome that yeah. you're doing that. But, you know, what it's showing is is the the you did like a, a backward timeline. Yeah, yeah. So you start with the end yeah, yeah. where you show, you know, some rich white couple from America yeah. down in Mexico yeah. and they get informed by a doctor that their yeah. son is gonna live. He yeah. just got this transplant for something. Yeah. And then you show how it how that organ got to the hospital yeah, yeah. and the guy the medical person who brought it yeah. and then you show where the medical person met these other people yeah. and then where they met these other and all the way down and yeah. i won't give it away but you end up showing quite literally yeah. the source yeah. Yeah. and what happens yeah. and this is where we get to like the whole forced yeah acquisition yeah is that what you call it like yeah it's just force it's just force just like force i mean forced marriage yeah is i don't want to put of, like business yeah. terms no forced marriage obviously. is a form of of human trafficking as well but yeah yeah i uh i decided to t- i was trying to figure out when i wrote the script it was a tough write because it's based on true events one um oh you based it on some you Okay. It's based on true event. Not something that I've that I witnessed or saw, but some so I'm trying not to give away too much so that people don't go watch the film and be like, he already now I know No, you gotta watch but, it. No but there's what. there's 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 victims in it. Well, you know the victims, right? And those victims are from a specific group. Yes. Uh and uh uh, uh that group had a genocide carried out against them around 2015. Four, 2014, 2015. Oh, I didn't realize that was Hey, don't Son give it away. Bitch. Don't give it right, away. I'll bleep, I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. Yeah, because because remember the guy asked him. He at, at the end of the film, towards the end of the film, he says, "Are they Shiite or?" Oh shit! I totally and missed that. And he said, "There." So those, so that so that was the first genocide. That, that's the most recent genocide that the that the UN recognized. Yeah, that was a, was that genocide because yeah. the, the 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 men were killed, the women were used, were taken, and the girls, and they were used for sex trafficking, organ harvesting. And uh, some other bad, crazy thing. And, and this it, is quite literally something, because we'll get to your career and timeline. This yeah. is quite literally something you had a front row seat to. Yes, yes, yes. And so, so wow. again, that's why I say I, I, I didn't make it up. All I had to yeah. do was do the research and find and pull stuff together and, 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 and know history. And it's based on true events. You know, it's based on the genocide that the UN had recognized. And, and the UN recognizes that these, this, the girls and, were all, and yes. women... And boys, in some cases, were used for multiple forms of human trafficking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, 
so yeah, so I I decided to tell the story backwards because that was the only way I I could I could find my way into the story because it's like uh you know at the end of the story we all want somewhat of a happy ending. We talk about the hero's journey offline and uh and uh even if we whether consciously or unconsciously when we watch a story we're all waiting for that happy ending and there's no way you no. could tell a happy ending and I didn't want to I didn't want to fabricate it to the point or take away from its authenticity by just giving some happy ending where they get rescued. And so the way I had to do it was tell the story backwards. Well, it was it was, you know it was genius mean? to do it that way. And yeah. I fully understand that because it's not, you know, you want to get a message out and it sucks because you have to entertain. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. we you were talking about who was that guy right before we were on camera who invented, who wrote that book that you're doing a documentary maybe? Oh, Joseph Campbell's A Hero's right. Journey, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that guy outlined how a story's told, and this is how people want it. They yeah. want everything to tie together like a bow, but sometimes yeah. tying together like the bow, it's a piece of shit, Yeah, because that's the reality. Exactly. And that's what people got to know. Yeah. But, you know, Remy, it's, it's interesting to have this, on this specific topic, like this discussion yeah. today, because right now, there's a movie that's came out this past summer that... Yeah called sound of freedom yeah, yeah. which covers this yeah. and i believe you have some background working with yep. what's the what's oh you are operation underground railroad right yep. so that's who it's based on yeah and it's based on the worst things that do happen around the world but i find myself in and this is just one example mm. with high octane type things yeah. the worst kinds of things i find myself so frustrated in this conversation because Number one, we know human trafficking happens. Yeah. It happens here. Yeah. It's not just something that happens in like some quote unquote horrible country with, yeah. with a horrible economic situation yeah. somewhere yeah, it's else. A 30, it's a 30 plus billion dollar industry in the US, 130 billion, I believe, globally. 130 billion globally. Uh, globally. Now it's hard to really, because uh, it's not like traffickers are turning their <laughs> tax <laughs> return, doing their taxes every year, but <laughs> but, but based off of the the amount of people yeah. and and rings that have been busted, and you know it's it's a it's a multi hundred thirty plus billion dollar industry. Yeah. Well, that's, that's big money, and nuts. that's and again, and that's not just. Again, that's not just sex trafficking. That's all of yeah, the yeah, forms. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the organ side. That's the forced Human marriage. Trafficking. That's the sex. Yeah. Even you know, you know, be more clear on this. Blood trafficking, which is something that you know, there's a story that came out of Vietnam um, uh, last year. A uh, Chinese guy traveled to Vietnam. He was abducted by a gang. The gang uh, uh, that that was na international news as well. Just uh, Google blood traffic victim China China Chinese. Um, I think Vietnam or Cambodia, one of them. All right, let's try Vietnam first. Trafficking victim says vic this is 2022. Here we go. Yeah, from Vice. Yeah. Trafficking victim says captors harvested his blood for month. The man is the latest to come forward alleging dis disturbing abuse in the Cambodian city of Cambodia. Yeah, I thought it was Vietnam. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna yeah. fuck that up. Yeah. It's some city in Cambodia, yeah. which has grown into a haven for Chinese scammers. Lying prone. All right, it's a whole like narrative story. So yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah, but, it's, it's okay. a bunch of. It was a big story. It's a bunch of different outlets that did stories on it. But that's a form of trafficking as well. Blood trafficking. And I want again. I wanted to get that up there, and I wanted to clarify because I know that. I don't know all of the stuff that the QAnon. I don't even know what QAnon is. This is what I wanted stuff, to bring up, but I yeah. do know that there is some. There is talk amongst that group of blood adreno some stuff yes. that i don't even know i said so i want to d d delineate that i'm not talking about that harvesting people's blood for some satanic rituals i'm talking about harvesting this guy's blood and to sell well let, let, yeah. let me cut you off there yeah. because th you're getting at exactly what yeah. what i what i wanted <laughs> to say here what happens to me like i do believe that yeah. there's 
there is a reason to keep a divided society. Yeah. I, I think that the yeah. internet is an amazing tool for the yeah. people who want to do that to do so. And it doesn't all, it certainly doesn't necessarily come from this country. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, you try yeah. to beat something from the inside. Yeah, yeah. And so what ends up happening is, is the different sides move farther and farther apart, left yeah. and right. Yeah. And there's certain, certain subjects yeah. they take up as their own. Yeah. yeah you could yeah. say, right. Yeah, yeah. And so you take something like human trafficking, mm-hmm. which you just laid out hundred estimated $130 billion yeah. industry around the world. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. something we should, all, every human being should be yeah. able to get behind. Every good human being yeah, yeah, yeah. should be able to get behind like, oh, let's figure out how to stop this. Yeah. So you take a truth and then, you know, in what is clearly an intelligence operation with QAnon, yeah. you know, you, you put out. All this other shit on top of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You say Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are sucking up the blood of children yeah, to get yeah. their elixir. First of all, yeah. if you gave me a flashlight, Indiana Jones, in 24 hours, yeah, and yeah. I went to find Hillary Clinton's fucking, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to find yeah. it. So if that's what she's doing, <laughs> yeah. then it ain't working. Yeah, yeah. Let's just start there. Yeah, yeah. But they go through all these things that are full-blown conspiracies with no evidence, yeah. and then what happens? It's like a burger that I serve yeah. to you with insects on yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, if I take off the insects, I say, oh, you're good now. You're like, no, give me a new fucking burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put human trafficking in the middle yeah. of that. And now when it comes up, what's the first branding yeah. that a yeah. lot of people think of? Oh, is that all the fucking QAnon yeah, exactly. people once yeah, again? exactly. And I got to think for a guy like you, <sighs> yeah. that has to be so fucking it, frustrating. It is, man. It is frustrating, especially when I get messages, dude. Even on, you know, yeah. when I get, I got a comment on, uh... So I think I can't remember if it was Twitter or something like that. After when I when I posted the um, like a clip or a trailer to uh, the unexpected on there, and it's like, oh, here's this conspiracy theory yep. stuff. This I'm like conspiracy, like dude, I've seen this stuff happen. Like I like it's it's, it's like open source information from yes. every outlet, liberal, conservative, everything in between. Like yeah, I'm we're not, reading from Vice right yeah, there, yeah, to be clear. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that same article can be found on CNN, Fox, yep. and every other outlet, BBC, everyone. And so it, it, it is infuriating, and yes. I hate how it's just been so politicized, and it's been, well, that's this group's fight, and that group's crazy. And so, yeah, man, it's, it, it is infuriating. And, and that's why, like, that's why, like, I, I pushed hard to make this now i'll back up for a second dude when i that film didn't start out as a film it started out as a treatment for a tv show so i wrote a, tr- what, what, a the treatment? unexpected what, what do you mean so by treatment? treatment is essentially like when you want to pitch a tv show to a studio or a network like and you want to you want to get paid for it you don't want not when i say get paid you don't want to do it on spec so when you write a when you write a script on spec it's called speculation okay which means you're just writing it but it may never get made right and so when you write a treatment it's easier to write a treatment than it is to write a bi- write a uh, a pilot and a series bible. So so when mm. when it comes to TV, you write the pilot, which is the first episode, and then you write a series bible, which breaks down all of the characters and it breaks down everything that's going to happen in the season. That's a lot of work. That's like writing a freaking book. That's a lot of work. And so what what um, creators like myself will do is we'll create a treatment. Which is just treatment is like a summary of absolutely everything, a summary of the characters. You could do a treatment anywhere between nine pages and 30 pages if you want to, but it doesn't have to be that long. And then you submit that treatment to different studios, networks, streamers. They read and they're like, all right, we love this idea. We want to commission this as a TV show. Here's the here's the resources, whether it's money or whatever the case may be, or whether it's money or whether it's money to go hire a writer or whether it's a writer they have on staff to write the pilot and write the series Bible, right? And so I wrote it as a treatment first for a TV series. And so that short film, that that the opening of the short film, well, the opening of the uh, 
of the treatment, like the opening opening episode, I think the first five, 10 minutes was that short film. Mm. So I just took that. I just took uh, the the opening of the of the uh, TV pilot, and I stretched it out it. to that short film. And I tried like night and day to sell it. Like my agents tried to like get somebody to you know pick it up so that we can make it because it's an important topic. And it was just like, nah, we don't want to do that. Nobody wants to hear that's a controversial topic. Th- this Nobody is what I mean, do, man. No, no one wants oh. to make that right now. It's too controversial. Blah 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 blah. And it comes from the fact that you have people who have said dumb stuff or, you know, who shouldn't probably be the advocates advocating for this because, you know, and it's, it's an uphill battle, bro. And so that's why finally, you know, Brad will tell you, dude, like after like a year and a half, I want to say, or maybe even like a yeah, like around a year and a half, I said, screw it. I'm done with trying to, I'm just going to, I put up my own money. I spent about 150 grand of my own money. And I said, I'm going to just go ahead and make this film. Like Brad was next door in the office. I said, yo, bro. I said, I had an epiphany. I was like, I'm done. I'm nuking this. I'm making this harder than I need to be making it. We're going to make it. He's like, I was like, we're going to make this movie. He's like, what are you talking about? What movie? I was like, the unexpected. What do you mean you're going to make this movie? I was like, we're going to make it. We're just going to do it as a short. He's like, how are we going to do it? I was like, dude, I got my buddy in Kansas. You know, he's a filmmaker. Like, he's been trying to get me to uh, make something out there. We're going to, and literally from two, uh, was it two weeks later or three weeks later? Uh, I think it was 16 days on the dot. Yeah, 16 days later. We were conversation in the office. Yeah. To filming was... was Wow. Yeah, 16 days later, we were in Kansas City, full crew, cast, you know, actors all that stuff we're out there making a movie and it was because i got tired of waiting on people to give me permission to make something that needed to be made so that i could educate people that you know so they they could see that this is real and that's why i i stretched it a lot of people like why you got to make it 32 minutes like short films are supposed to be 10 minutes it's like well i won't be able to do the story justice in 10 minutes i can't afford to do a movie but i can afford to do this in 30 minutes so people could understand the full process and see how it works and also see how intricate these organ harvesting rings are and how intelligent these people are as a matter of fact i was talking about uh cairo egypt early cairo egypt is considered to be the organ harvesting capital world because like as i mentioned earlier a lot of migrants come up to egypt and they try to get into other parts and they get stuck there right and so there was an organ harvesting ring that was busted in 2017 i want to say or 2000 yeah 2017 and of the of the 45 people that were detained and arrested the majority of them were doctors and nurses and i'm bringing that up because when a people hear of human trafficking and whether it's organ harvesting and sex trafficking, whatever the case, they think of those those people that we saw on the screen yeah. who took that girl, right? And yeah, yeah, you get a lot of those guys, right? You get a lot of those guys and women. But you showed like, you grunting. showed other people in your yeah. doctor, yeah, yeah. But 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 when these these people that are operating at that high level with the organ harvesting side, these are intel- these are there's doctors and nurses that are involved. There's smart people that are involved. You know. Cartel, drug cartel people, for the most part, the guys at the top are really, really smart, yes, brilliant no, people. You know what I mean? We're not talking about some dude that stands on the corner and sells, you know, you know, dime bags. We're talking about very intelligent people. They're running a sophisticated enterprise, and that's how these rings are run. They're run pretty much flawlessly. Something, even, you know, we know what we see here, but even yeah. thinking about this on a global scale, something about, you know, the highest level 
protectors of people, right? Yeah. Like doctors, nurses, well-educated people, yep. obviously, yep. smart. They're quite literally, their job is to try to help people when yep. they walk through their door. There's yep. just something about that that when you hear they take some cash payment to yeah. do something like yeah. this. Yeah. It just defends something so deep inside you. Yeah. I, I imagine I speak for a lot of people. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Dude, there was a story. I know I keep saying there's a story. Cause like it's I said, great. There's a lot there of was, them. There, yeah, was, there was a story that came out uh, earlier this year. I want to say February of this year. Um, this girl goes, she uh, gets contact. She finds a human trafficking. She finds a, uh, not a human trafficking. She wants to get a, uh, what's it, a tummy tuck. Mm-hmm. She wants to get a tummy tuck, can't afford the what it costs to get a tummy tuck here in the States, here in Miami, New York, you know, L.A. is too expensive. Uh, I can't remember. Somebody on social media reached out to her or gave her the contact. Somebody she knew gave her the contact for uh, a, a, a social media, Instagram page. And this particular doctor or group. Uh, did the plastic surgery again i'm butchering it because i can't remember all the details i actually i posted the story on my social media you know i think in january february when it when the story was breaking news but anyway um she's like great i can go i can go down to dr and get a procedure done done that would cost i don't know twenty thousand dollars in the states get it done for four thousand dollars or five thousand dollars in dr sign me up she goes down to dr gets the procedure done Wakes up, she's fine, flies back to the States. She's not feeling right. Just like, man, why am I not why am I feeling fatigued? Why am I feeling lightheaded? Why like why am I not feeling right? She goes to the doctor. Doctor runs all of these tests on her and he's like, Yeah, something going on. I can't pinpoint it. Let's take an MRI. Takes an MRI, comes back, he's like, You know you only have one kidney. Son of a bitch. She's like, What? No. He's like, you have so you have one kidney. What, what, what happened? I just went down. I to lost DR it. To, I went down to DR <laughs> to get a tummy tuck. Oh my god! And then the light went off in her head. He Ugh. took my kidney. Who was it that took her kidney? It was a doctor. Who was it that chopped up that poor woman from Mexico in Peru? It was a med school student. So you're not dealing with the who the Costa Rican. Um, uh, organ harvesting ring down in Costa Rica with the Israeli doctor, right? You're dealing with very intelligent people. Um, we want to go even deeper with what's what has happened in China with the prisoners. You know Can what I mean? Can you talk about that? Because yeah. that's like kind of you're talking about the Uyghurs, right? Not no, not not just the Uyghurs, but the prisoners. Oh, just re- prisoners. Oh, please on, do tell. On, on death row. Yeah, I don't think I. Know oh, it's, it's about well this. known. Yeah, so 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 uh, it's. They say they've stopped, but they say they never did it. They say they stopped, but there's been a bunch of information out there about prisoners on death row, essentially, you know, getting their organs taken before they're executed. Right. And some of the, by the way, some of these people who are on death row are on death row for like shoplifting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know better than I do. Uh, and there's an actual surgeon who, who left, who, who fled sought asylum in london there's a story about him on uh on youtube let's put a surgeon uh escapes to london chinese surgeon escapes to london for organ harvest and vertodi bugda an oncology cert was ordered by the uh, first uh, oh no that's that's a different guy how I expose the chinese government's crimes that's lad bible this guy right here that's this guy right here this is the guy 
um, on Vice. Yeah, it's called that, China kills prisoners and harvests their organs. Yeah, he I'll tells put the that whole link story. In the, in the he tells it. He breaks it all down, man. It's it's it's, it's crazy, but uh, so but what, yeah. What, and, what and did it, he say? Like he was just breaking down how it happens. How you know they they he told a story about how uh, some guys got executed. And uh, as soon as they, they hit the, this was the first first time he was involved in taking the orgas out. Some guys got executed. He essentially was not in the outdoor area where the execution took place. Somebody got him. Was like, "Yo, it's your first day, or whatever the case may be. Come, come out." He gets out there, just like, you know, you got X amount of time to get these organs, get liver, get the kidney out, quick, get it out, get it out, get it out, gets it out. And then he then it began. Then he began to learn, you know, why he was there, and and it, he began to discover more cases. Again, I'm butchering it because I, I mean I haven't heard the story in a while, but but more cases of him having to pull out organs. And uh, I want to say it's that same report actually, where uh, uh, um, uh, a reporter or a NGO says something like in 2004, 2006 he got reporting that 11,000 tourists came to China and, and purchased organs. Again, that was, that was just on that, on that, on the, on, in the article or something like that. So you're getting Westerners, Americans, yes, UK, Israel, whoever you're getting Westerners who are traveling to other countries, whether it be China, whether it be South America, like I showed in my short film, whether it be going down to TJ to get these procedures done and, you know, again, it all goes back to these people are desperate. They have a loved one that may be dying and they're like, hey, no harm, no foul. Or in a lot of these cases, maybe the people don't even know that the person that they're getting the organ from was murdered. Or, you know, maybe they, they, it's a bait and switch. Now, he, here's a quick hole to poke in this, though, mm -hmm. and I'm probably naive to ask this. Yeah. But how can we not catch this easier? And the reason I say that is because even if you're like a really rich person mm -hmm. who, you know, has access to people and whatever the hell they rich people do mm -hmm. to go over and, and get organs covertly, when someone needs an organ transplant, mm -hmm. there's a record for that because then they got to get put on a list, right? Yeah. So yeah, if yeah, suddenly, yeah. you know, little fucking Timmy over here who needed a liver transplant in in May of this yeah. of this past year and oh now he doesn't need one why is that who's going to come after him for that though who's going to you know it's like 4000 to 5000 people in America die every year from not being able to get a uh, uh, on a kidney waiting list that's not that high of a number though is my point how can we not like yeah, well that's just a kidney right you know, so, so now extrapolate that across you know 20 other organs i don't know yeah but just think about how many people in the world you know how many people are in need versus how many people are 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 able to be able to give those organs legitimately. But if we had a hundred thousand people every year on yeah. some sort of organ donation need yeah. list yeah, yeah, yeah. in America, and it's it's a centralized list because yeah. I, I mean I luckily knock on wood I've never needed yeah. one, so I, I don't know I, about I'm that. I'm not yeah. fully yeah. aware, but I know like someone gets a call like, "Oh, we got one for you. You're yeah. up next on the list." Yeah. So there's some sort of repository yeah. that has you in order. Yeah. So if suddenly, you know, number 504 on that list suddenly isn't on there and he's not dead. Yeah, but who's going to go and who's going to take the time? Who's going to spend the money to go research or go investigate the one out of the or the 10 out the of the people I'm giving my tax money to? Yeah, but they ain't not, they don't have the resource. The government doesn't have the resources to go do that. I don't I mean, what I mean is they won't allot the resources to go do that. Why not? I don't know. That I don't, seems I mean, like a know, real let, quick let, fix let, let, me, me. let me back up for a second. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think they have the resources to go do something like that. And if they do, I don't know why they want it. So I don't know the answer to that. To be honest with you, but it, that does seem like a simple answer. If somebody is on an organ waiting list, and then one day they're off the list, and they're fine and Johnny on the spot. Why not go investigate them? Yeah, it's just you know. But there's what's the crime? Like for like like because and in, in investigate somebody you got to be able to. What do you mean? What's the crime? What what I mean is that and I'm talking from the perspective of the uh, the government. Like what do we? Why are we? Because right in order for me to be investigated, I need to. What is it? Uh, what's the term? What's the legal term? Um, probable cause. Yeah, yeah. How do you prove probable cause? They left the list. There's my is, cause. But is that an, is that enough probable cause? Fuck yeah! It's, and, okay. As someone who does, I'm just care a lot about conf- yeah, constitutional I'm, I'm just rights. Fuck advocate. yeah! You know that's, what I mean? That's yeah. now when a cop says to you, "Oh, I pulled you over because I saw you swerving within your own lane." That's not good probable cause. Yeah. That doesn't even exist. Yeah. You can't swerve within your own lane. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if someone says you were number five hundred four on the list, and I'm watching you play volleyball right now yeah. a year later, and you're not on the list anymore, that's that's probable cause. Yeah, me. but I, I agree with you. That would be the easy fix. But I'm just trying to figure out from a legal standpoint, sure, sure, I understand. How is it going to happen? In the sense that, just let's just say I'm the person that received the organ. Okay. Okay. By the way, if you don't mind, just stay oh, talking. Oh, if sorry, you got to pull sorry, the sorry, mic sorry, up towards yeah, you, yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah, like sometimes you're talking over. All right, like sorry, this. sorry. Just watch that. But yeah, you're good. I was gonna say, what if I was the person that you know uh, received the organ? Cop knocks on my door. Hey, uh, uh, you. Uh, you're fine now. You you on a waiting list, organ waiting list. What's going on? This is not a communist country, right? So the so the person is not gonna. They have what a right to remain silent. Okay, I have a right to remain silent. Are you charging me with something? Uh, no. I'm just as I'm just asking you why you feel better. But like if from a you legal if you have a probable cause, right? Yeah. You take them downtown. You lift up their shirt and you see a 12-inch scar that wasn't there. Okay. But then the next question is, where'd you get the kidney from? Do they have to answer? I'm just trying to figure yeah, out from yeah, a legal yeah. standpoint. Yeah, no, like, this is good that are, you're doing Like, this. do they have to answer? And if and if they, you know, uh, I got it from, let's, just, let's say, hey, I got it from somebody. I, I went down to South America. I went down to Brazil and uh, they, I was, we were able to find a match down there. Mm. And they may not have. All right, well, go down to Brazil. No, that's a good one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's just I'm just, I'm just trying to reverse engineer to figure out like how like the solution at the end of the day I think is one. Not I don't want to say the solutions, but I think one of the solutions to the problem is trying to figure out a way to to dismantle poverty or put a bigger microscope in the areas where they're the most vulnerable people to make sure that those wolves are not doing what they're doing to take advantage of the poor. Well, this is the other problem too. And it's the 500 pound elephant in the room that's been in everything you're saying today. But you pointed out the people who are at the top end of these transactions are not poor. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually the, and I'm not just using the doctor nurses example. Those are the people doing it, which is sick. Yeah. But I'm saying like, the people who are driving it mm-hmm. and charge this whole thing yeah. are very wealthy people. Yeah. Yeah. And very wealthy people in societies around the world are A, either very connected or B, they're a part of the connection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we see it all the time. We've seen it. There was an island run by Jeffrey Epstein yeah. in yeah. 
in the fucking middle of the Caribbean yeah, yeah. where some very wealthy people went and yeah. in this case was trafficking yeah. were doing these horrible things to to kids girls, you know yeah. teenage girls we know what he did yeah. in particularly like as young as he went but yeah. you know people see things like this and they cynically go well how is it going to change because you know it's successfully being marketed with a certain loony bin type yeah, of people who yeah. put all this other shit on it number one so it gets less importance already we yeah. already covered that and yeah. b we've already seen them get away with yeah. it yeah yeah it's you know it's a global problem so it requires a global response it requires it requires more people like what we're doing right now yeah. on this podcast you know how many people are going to potentially listen to this podcast how many people are going to now now you know to to whom much is given much is much is uh required yeah. much is expected right so if anybody on the sound of our voices like it's like hey you're now in some way if you didn't know about this you're now somewhat in the know about this. Yes. Now, what are you going to do about it? And it doesn't have to be it. And this goes back to the main reason why I made the film. Main reason why I love ju jumping on podcasts and talking about this is because now that you know about it, now I can. I, you have a responsibility to either do something or not do something. You have a responsibility to do something about it. And it could be as simple as, like I said earlier, donating to a nonprofit, but finding a right nonprofit because you have a lot of human trafficking nonprofits out there that are not. They're taking the coin, but they ain't spending it on the work. You got some names to call out? Uh, 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 <laughs> You're not comfortable doing that? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. But, 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 I, so I say do the research. Research the human trafficking nonprofits that How you're do you, in. As, a, as a layman, I'm a dude in a podcast yeah. chair right here in my parents' Look at house. Their How do I research Look at that? their track record. Google them. See what stories have been written written about them. Vet those stories, just like I used to do as a, as a human guy. You know, it was like we were talking about offline. I couldn't just have a source come to me and be like, "The bad guys in that house down the street, go yeah. get them." Right? Yeah. That I had to be like, "Okay, let me take that. Let me see, one. Let me see how he's giving me that information. Let me read his body language. Let me read his history. Has he lied to me? Does he embellish?" All right, now after I've, I've been able to make a, an assessment on the information that he just gave me, now let me go vet that information against another source. Mm. Now let me go vet that information against SIGIT. Now let me go vet that information against ISR drone footage. Now, now let me go vet that information against other source um, intelligence reports. And then based off of all of that, now I can make a decision to go on an op. It all comes back to using the brain that we have been giving, given and, and doing the research in these nonprofits, not just saying, oh, this is a nonprofit that's doing great stuff. I've heard, talking to multiple people. Yeah, Googling. there's something yeah. you can do. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I, a little bit cynically there, yeah. like get access to the great US of A government right there like you had the best sources you're working with all yeah. the agencies right so yeah. when you go to check things out you you kind of know from a general standpoint like you're getting it from that primary source in yeah. a way what i worry about is the internet it has a lot of truth on it yeah. all over the yeah. place it's i i'm speaking for myself right yeah. here it's hard to pick out where that is sometimes yeah. because there's different angles and yeah. you know different people injecting things in the conversation yeah so I, i'm sure like to an extent you have to be right like there is some homework you can do to get an idea yeah but I know there's got to be some organizations out there, not just with this, with yeah. with other important things too, where it's like they may you may not really find anything online that's like negative press per se, but that money doesn't really go to that. You know, I think that's yeah. a fear people have, and and I couldn't yeah. imagine doing that if I were running a charity. Yeah. But you know, it's good of you to point out that some of them are. Yeah, yeah. So you got to do the research on the right nonprofit. Then one, you know, it could be going a lot of these, not a lot, but a good number of human trafficking nonprofits. They have these free classes that you can take online 
that help to help you find to help you learn the signs and symptoms of a traffic victim. And it doesn't take long. Some some of these are like, for example, there's a story that came out of uh, came out two three years ago out of Atlanta, uh, an Atlanta based uh, I want to say Delta flight attendant. I can't remember the exact exact airline. She goes onto a human trafficking website, takes their ten minute, fifteen minute class on what the signs and symptoms of a traffic victim are, and then uh, she goes on her flights one day. I can't remember how the time distance between the time she took the class and the time this event happened. She's on a flight. She sees a kid with an, with an adult male and she recognizes the sign of symptoms. Oh, this kid is being really, really sheepish. This kid is being, is, is, is seems a, a bit timid and, and frightened. His, the clothes are a bit, something's a bit off here. Um, she went into her, uh, went into the cockpit, told the pilot, Hey, I think we have, or got whatever phone is that they're able to call ahead to the next, um, to the next, uh, landing spot destination. And, uh, she says, Hey, I think, I think we have a traffic victim on board this plane. Can we have, you know, the police or somebody at the, at the gateway when we land and lo and behold, flight lands, uh, the cops come interview the kid, interview the guy, come to find out that kid was being trafficked. That kid had been abducted and was being moved to another state. Now, the... So that's one way people could... Another way people could help. Sure, and, and that's that's a good one. I remember that story. Yeah. I, I remember that one, and, and that's that's great to hear someone caught it, but think about all the times, obviously, where it doesn't get caught. So yeah. if more people were, were informed, then maybe you could catch that. But the obvious here is that in these situations trafficking victims especially when they're minors yeah there is a there is a litany of psychological things that happen i guess sometimes right away yeah. where even when they're in public places they don't like if you're sitting at home listening to that story and yeah. you don't think about it, you're yeah. like, oh, I just go to the guy next to me and say, I'm a trafficking victim. Get me out of here. Yeah. But they don't do that. Yeah. Have you yeah. studied like the different types of things that can instantly get these kids feeling like they're a prisoner even in public to these people? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> like are there tactics that these guys use like besides – I'm going to kill your whole family if you say something. Oh, it's, it's, well, I think it's, I don't know for a fact, but okay. I think that it's, it's, it's just basic brainwashing. It's basic um, um, instilling in the mind of the victim that they are inferior, that the victim is inferior over, and it may not take a, a long amount of time. It may be quick. It may be as quick as, hey, back to the back of the feet. You know what I mean? I don't know, but it's it's just getting the victim to understand that I control you. I'm up here and you're down here. You're nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what you notice in a lot of abuse situations, yes. right? Why women don't leave men who beat them to a pulp all the time. Yes. My, my, my aunt, she was with her, you know, with her husband for a number. He would beat her to, so bad she'd end up in the hospital, but she'd keep on going back. Yeah. Why? Because he instilled in her that you are down here and I am up here. I am God. Right, and so it's it's not just something that we see in in in, in kids; it's stuff that we see in adults sometimes. Yes. So I think that it's that simple. I, I mean, I don't want to say that simple, but I think that that's part of the process is making the victim feel as though they are nothing. Yeah, and and on, this is a horrible word to use for it, but unfortunately, there when you look at the main predators in these types of situations, not just. Not just with kids, like you yeah. said, with, with adults and everything, they yeah. do seem to have in common a very, very particular set of skills yeah. for manipulation, manipulation yeah. and control. Yep. yep. You know, you read about it. Obviously, everyone reads the Epstein case. Yep. Like, if you yep. read about him, if you read about Ghislaine Maxwell, especially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, 
that was no idiot. Yeah. That was a yeah. brilliant woman. Unfortunately, yeah. she was a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Well, she's still alive for now. Yeah. But you know, she had unbelievable skills to get these young girls immediately trusting her and yeah. then not doing anything about yeah. it. And my, like, I understand how how brainwashing can happen over time. What I get most shocked at that just doesn't process for me, but I know it's a yeah. real phenomenon, is when it happens right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a somewhat normal 15-year-old kid maybe. I'm from a little more poor of a background, yeah. but otherwise I'm a pretty good kid whatever. One day I get this person meets me, takes me into their world and 2 days later it's like I was always in. It. Well, but we got to remember too. I don't think it's that it does it ever does happen that quick. Because you get a lot of victims who they're being trafficked. Like the woman who consulted on my film, um, she was she's she was um, still still might be she was on the um, the human trafficking board for the White House, and so mm -hmm. we got connected and and she could help consult on the film. She could, she spoke to the actresses and gave them insight and, and so that they could better get into the character. The two actresses who played the sisters and uh, she was trafficked by her grandfather in church. In church, in church to other to other uh, to other guys, she was pimped out. She was trafficked. She tells she told her whole story. She told her whole story, What's and she shared the story. Name? Oh, you remember her name? Can you look? You could look her up on the. She's on. She's credited on the film as a consultant. She's credited on the film as a yeah, consultant. Right. Can you look that up if you don't mind? Yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah. So 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 that was there was a process of her being. I don't even use the word groomed, but being felt. Her, the the grandfather putting her in a situation where she felt comfortable, so she felt like this is my leader. I could trust him, and and and, and that that happened. And then finally, the switch comes, and when Grandpa's saying, "Hey, go do this," and you've known this person pretty much your whole life, what do you do? You I mean, do th that yeah. look oh at the statistics God. as it relates to uh, kids who are sexually abused, like not yeah. traffic, just sexually abused. Yep. The majority of their their assaulters are people they know. Close family members, close friends, you know, people who you would never expect would 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 abuse a child. You know, what I mean, I met guys in the military who, you know, when they open up to me and talk to me about stuff that happened to them in the past, it was like they were abused by somebody that they knew. You know, yeah, you hear that over and over. And they don't want to talk again. about it. Brad just pulled this up. Thank you. Yeah, Genesu Je Jessen. Yeah, Does yeah, that yeah, sound yeah, familiar? yeah, 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 yeah. So, so she, so she was the one. She's consulted on the film, and she's on. The, she was. I don't know if she still is, but when we, when she was working on the film, she was on the, um, the human trafficking yeah. White House uh, task force or whatever again, or consult the consulting for whatever it was, and uh, she was she was trafficked by her grandfather. So again, going back to the point is, I don't think it's as simple as they get snatched and automatically. Right, it's, right. I think like it's people that they feel comfortable with. It's just like the kids in the Bronx, right? Like, you know, when it comes to some of the drugs, teenagers, it's like they watch the pusher on the corner. They watch the doing like, it. They see his gold chain. They see the car. They see the Mercedes. They see the women loving. And it's like, and you know, big homie's like, yo, you want you want to get in on this, son? You want you want to run, this, run these drugs for me? You want to go do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that's detrimental to that kid, that kid can end up dead or in prison. Before before we end, what what are you what are you working on next? So you we got the book. Yeah. The link is going to be in the description. Yeah. It's chameleon. Yeah. It's it's chameleon. It's yeah. basically 
It's not an autobiography. No, it's a but, fictional yeah, it's a extension. Fictional story with a little bit of a yeah. little bit of Remy in the yeah, main character. Yeah. And then, what was the name of your autobiography again from four years uh, ago? Uh, tr- uh, my uh, my memoir was transformed. That got picked up to be a movie. So, oh, it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, yeah, it got picked up to be a big movie, man. So, uh, do we know who's playing you yet? Not yet. Not, not yet, yet. Not yet. We okay. still work. We got work that out after these strikes. <laughs> got, oh yeah, all yeah, that shit still yeah, going yeah, on. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And we're making the unexpected into yeah. a feature film. Yeah, so the unexpected short film got picked up to be a feature. The feature version is called Unexpected Redemption. It's a sequel picks up 5 years after the event after the events of uh the unexpected. So mm. it's so it's you know, you got you got, you got it d- tied in already. Yeah, it's already tied in. Script's already done. Um I'm directing it. We already got financing on that and uh started casting and Diego is in there still doing his thing, and then then we, but it, I don't want to give away too much, but it's it connects very well, and it's but it's it's a bigger scale story, but at the same time, still educational, still very really important. showing people yeah. the realities of organ harvesting because that is again something that that's a subset of human trafficking that's not focused on much. Hey guys, thank you for watching this episode. Please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel before you leave. And also as a reminder, we already released part one with Remy before this episode that you just watched. So you can check that out by hitting the link in the description or the link right next to me here on YouTube.